Yesterday, I heard a wonderful, wonderful story from uh, our first speaker, Wajahat Ali. He stressed the importance of digging deep and being honest about who we are. He said, and I quote, the universe is made of stories, not atoms. Does everyone have one? Does everyone have one? Good, I made enough copies. If you aren't writing your own story, it's being written by someone else. And then later, John Pavlovitz told the story of how different it was to mistakenly view a 3D Shrek through his sunshades. And he talked about that the way we view the world crafts our image of God. And a bold new vision is what we need because love cleans the lenses. Artists help us see in unimagined ways. Walt Whitman once said, the priest departs, the divine artist arrives. But thinking about that statement in what I've heard in our different sessions, I want to offer a variation. The people arrive, the priest arrives, and the artist crafts a vision of the divinity within us all. And where there is no vision, and where there is no vision, so I plan to sample a few of the artists, painters, poets, photographers who have kept alive notions of humanity and love in my own journey. And I've reached back into my personal artists, arsenal of artists who have affected me, and I will share their work with you. And I should also warn you that I am not trying to cover everyone, but at the end there will be a pop quiz, and you, you will have an opportunity to add other artists and names to this. So I should tell you a little about myself. I was born in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Where do I aim this? How does this work, Carol? This way? This way. Oh, like this. Oh, well. <laughs> I was born in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and I grew up in uh, Tulsa, which was called the oil capital of the world at the time. I was born in 1954. I'm 64 years old. Uh, as a child, I felt very connected to Native American culture. And uh, my parents took me to powwows and ceremonial rituals. Thank you. Oh, what? oh that. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank gosh, I always do that. He, this is Harold who makes it all work, just so you know. You're gonna help me out. Um, I lived in what was, a, I learned later, was a segregated community. Uh, I never felt any sense of isolation because of that. My mother taught at Booker T. Washington High School. My father was a policeman. So imagine my confusion as a child when I was watching the violence in Birmingham and watching the policeman beat on these people, saying, why would someone like my father do that, and then I started to slowly realize, oh, this is a racial thing, and that's when I first became aware of race as a child. It's interesting how those things happen in little childish ways. Now I get to compare my notes to uh, the journey of Reverend Tracy Blackman from yesterday. I was baptized at First Baptist Church in Tulsa, and then my parents became Lutherans, Missouri Synod. And when I was nine, we moved to Detroit, and we went to a Lutheran church, and then we went to a Methodist church, and then we went to a United Church of Christ church. And now I'm in middle church, so I've had quite a faith journey here. Um, activism through the ages, telling our stories. This is a photo that I love this picture. It's part of Jacob Lawrence's work. Jacob Lawrence uh, created 60 panels of telling the story of African Americans coming to the North. And this is really my story, too. My parents came. Six million people came between 1900 and 1950 from the South to the North. And some forced migration earlier. And one of the things that happened in our culture was we took the, the faith system and subverted it. Christianity was an instrument of control, which became an instrument of liberation. The music that did that was the Negro spirituals. 
The spirituals were created and saved by the Fisk Jubilee singers, who we know built Fisk University through their music. They traveled around the world, they performed, and through their song for over a decade performing, built Jubilee Hall and built the school. And they also did a more important thing, which was write down the songs. They wrote them down and preserved them for all time, which is really important. So I'm gonna move over now to the piano. You all have music. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm on the mic, so you'll hear me sing. But you're going to sing along with me. Hi, Ruthie. And if you'd like to help me, okay. And the first song we're going to do is Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around, which was a song which was used in the Negro spirituals, but it, was, it became a song that was used in the Civil Rights Movement. So I'm going to play... Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around Turn me around, turn me around, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I'm gonna keep on walking, keep on talking, the freedom land. Ain't gonna let segregation turn me around, turn me around, turn me around, ain't gonna let segregation turn me around. I'm gonna keep on walking, keep on talking. Walking through the freedom One more time Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around Turn me around Turn me around Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around I'm gonna keep on walking Keep on talking Walking to the freedom land Okay, that's my first one. Thank you Got me going back and forth. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to just flip through some of these slides now. Uh, one of the things that we find in images and art is that people are depicted in ways that they cannot always control. And that was a really important point that I also heard yesterday. We have to create our images. We have to create who we are so that we can control the ways in which we're thought of. Um, when I was in Detroit, I went to Detroit a couple of weeks ago and took a group of students. I did a course called the Detroit Cycle. And while we were there, we went to the Detroit Institute of the Arts. And you may not know, but there's a fabulous mural there by Diego Rivera. The entire courtyard that he painted, he was invited by Edsel Ford, Henry Ford's son. And one of my students wrote a project, did a project on this to talk about this. Another student did one on the churches in Detroit, which I thought was fascinating. There are 4,000 churches in the metropolitan area of Detroit, 4 million people in the metropolitan area. In New York, there are 4,000 churches with 8 million people. And I'm saying churches, temples, synagogues, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm going through all that. But I just wanted to push that forward. And these are some of the images from this beautiful, beautiful place in which Diego Rivera, who was an avowed communist, an avid communist, I should say, really, really worshipped the worker and went and was supported by the Ford family in creating this wonderful, wonderful project that it sits in the museum. What's fascinating is we had one like that at the Rockefeller Center, but the Rockefellers thought that it was too communistic, so they destroyed the murals many, many years ago in the 1930s. So it's really fascinating to see this story. Again, Jacob Lawrence, the work I really love here, showing us going through and to this migration, nameless, faceless people, 60 panels of this work. And now, his depiction of lynching, poetic, beautiful, the images I'm about to show you are more painful 
And so if indeed they are troubling to you, I ask you to not look at them. There are photographs of postcards that were actually sent out during lynching time. Many of you have seen these photos before. These are Okies. Leo Frank, 1915, Atlanta. You notice the crowds. But again, through the art, we get to understand these become pieces in work like Hank Willis Thomas and later works where they show us the ways in which lynching proceeded, the ways in which it happened. And they make a statement to us about how we want to avoid using media like this in such a negative way. There was a song written called Bitter Fruit. It became Strange Fruit when performed by Billie Holiday. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it as more of a meditation. You don't have to sing it. You can hum it if you'd like to. But I thought it would be nice for us to hear this song. left a little thing. <laughs> Another one of my favorite artists is a guy named Woody Guthrie. And this song, I will need you to help me sing. Do you know it? This land is your land. This is man's my land. 
I think I'll play, play, the, play the music for you. How about that? Okay. Here, if you want to help me, you can. <laughs> This land is your land, this land is my land, from California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. As I was walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that greenest highway, I saw below me this land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. Yeah, listen. I think we need to do that after that other one. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> That's so funny. I need an assistant, I guess. Thanks, thanks. Nice cover. <laughs> I turned to something that I thought was interesting in my research. I found the black form label. It was 1970, 1973. It was started by Motown Records. And Motown, you, may not, you know them from their hits, you know them from all the different things they created, but Black Form Records was created with the idea of bringing forth the voices of radical protest in that time, in that period. And so some of the records they created and they put out, it went out of business, they only did eight albums because they couldn't get the distribution. People would order 5,000 copies of a Motown hit, but three copies of a Black Form record. So this is, if you're interested in learning more about it, it's a book called Listen Whitey, and it talks about the sounds of black cover. <laughs> it's Pat Thomas, you know that book? Okay. Mark, this is one of the first albums they put out. Uh, Martin Luther King, Why I Opposed the War in Vietnam. Woody King Jr., a producer here in New York to this day, was one of the producers at that uh, label, and he put out It's Nation Time. He also produced the first <laughs> album by The Last Poets. Guess Who's Coming Home, Black Fighting Man Recorded Live in Vietnam. And then Langston Hughes and Margaret Danner, albums with them both. I pull up Langston Hughes because he's a poet who becomes one that's very inspirational in terms of movements of liberation, in terms of thinking about changing the world. Some of his titles, his poem titles, what are the poems you know of Langston? Dream Deferred, yes. I Too Sing America, what else? The Negro Speaks of Rivers. Let America be America again. Yes, that's the one that really, really hits me too. So Langston comes up. Oh, Elaine Brown, who was the chair of the Black Panthers, created an album. When Huey Newton was in prison, he asked her to put some music together to help cheer him up, and she created an album called Seize the Time. So really interesting. This is all under Black Forum label. Apparently this year they're going to reissue some of these albums, or CDs, I should say. So that'll be very interesting to see when it comes out. Blues, the blues. Richard Wright described the blues as, quote, created on the pavements of the city, 
in sawmills and lumber camps, in short, wherever the Negro migrant Negro, fresh from the soil, wrestled with an alien reality. I think the blues came from the South and the North, the Delta, and the divas, Clara Smith and Mamie Smith and Bessie Smith, not, no relation, found their stories in all parts of the country. They traveled freely between the North and the South, an empowering freedom which they exercised to sing about relationships, racism, hard times. Now, again, here's the interpolation that I love. August Wilson writes plays, he ends up writing 10 plays about the African-American experience, one in each decade, and looking at the ways in which the blues, jazz, inform life. These are plays that help educate us and help us understand the culture in ways that are quite surprising. So we can trace a line, this idiosyncratic journey of arts activism through ages, basically. Each of us has a story of arts and artists who've led us to be who we are today. Arts, activism through the ages, telling our stories, Negro spirituals, ain't gonna let nobody turn, us, turn me around, painting, muralists, all different forms of teaching and expressing ourselves. I love this Jacob Lawrence piece. I don't have to say anything about it. You can look at it and see what it tells you. And for our last song, we're gonna to go to a guy from Motown who wrote this beautiful, beautiful anthem, which I think really does speak to the ways in which the arts can change the way we think about the world. This was when I was a teenager. This was one of the big hits of our time that really helped us understand the world much better. I'm going to leave this here. Some people are kind of like, the words are in your hand. So check out your hand. Okay, ready? <laughs> you got to think of
So let's find those stories, let's live them, let's tell them through our art, let's lose the barriers of us and them, let the divine artists arrive. And here's the benediction. I promised you a quiz at the end. Here it is. Who would you add? Hip hop artists, spoken word artists, painters, musicians, actors, writers, photographers, the interdisciplinary overlapping categories. Arts activism through the ages, telling all our stories. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for your help.